Hey you guys and welcome back to this episode of The Uncensored Woman. I of course am your host, Heather Christine. I hope this finds you all well and happy and I hope all of you are off to a beautiful start to your week. I am not back from my break. I feel like I always need to say that whenever I drop in and yes, um, I am finalizing the video on Body Brokers that is going up, but unfortunately I got really sick and got pneumonia in my right lung again, which that is the lung that I got pneumonia in a few years ago that landed me in the ICU and almost killed me. So my health had to come first. Um, I'm sure most of y'all get that. Today though, I've been lately... How do I even say this? I've been in therapy for childhood trauma and working through that trauma and figuring out things about myself that I never really knew. Okay. Like I knew some of it, but not all of it. And I always knew that there was something different about me and the way that I was treated was differently my little sister and my little brother were often praised for every single thing that they did. However, I can remember the first time I brought home a C in fourth grade. It was a math class and I tried my hardest, but to, to see, I could still see my stepdad in my head and how mad he was at me. And how disappointed he was in me. And how he thought I was going to be a failure. And from then on out, I never fully believed in myself again. And then a few years later, the same person started running around the house. Calling me a bitch. Calling me fat. Telling me I wasn't good enough. Telling me that nobody would ever love me. Telling me, me, I, Heather, I was not worthy I would never truly be happy. That couldn't possibly happen to me. And everybody would turn against me because I was the scapegoat of my family. I lived under narcissistic and codependent parents and I didn't even know it. And then my other parent, my my father who passed away when I was younger, he really was my biggest advocate. But early on in my life he also had addiction issues so I seen the worst of worst and I never molded into the person I could have been because of this I'm not putting blame on anybody for any of my mistakes including my addiction running wild whatever I've did in my life I'm not putting that blame on them those are my choices those those choices were up to me however I am blaming them for not taking me out of that situation I begged and I begged and I begged my mother and yes my stepdad and I we do talk now and and we try to work through our issues but every time I bring it up or I say it still hurts me they tell me that I should be over it and I'm not and for that I do carry anger with my mother 
and I'm very close to my mother and I would never want anything to happen to her but I do carry anger and then a couple months ago like a slap in the face me and my mom got into an argument and instead of venting her feelings about that argument to the person that she argued with or anybody else in this entire world she vented to my sister whom I've spoke about on here and if you know me personally or if you don't I'm gonna tell you anyways my sister and I have had quite the few years see we used to be best friends the very best of friends we did everything together and especially when we lost our dad there was a bond that was unbreakable and nobody better have double-crossed my sister because I would go to war for her and then back in 2017 she came out and said she was getting a divorce and she met a new man And when I found out who this man was, I was literally floored because this same man had made so much fun of my sister for years because they worked together. She used to come home crying and I used to dry her tears. So imagine my dismay when she tells me that she's in love with him. But I wanted to accept it because I love my sister. And then my mother said to me, you know, when your sister was over here the other night, she said and she promised that she would never end up a single mother like you to not worry about her. So basically my sister went over there and and had the woe is me attitude like, look, I know that I'm making mistakes, but let me go ahead and... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, distract you from that and let me tell you about all Heather's mistakes so mine seem little and so at that point I went from trying to understand and, and trying to accept my sister to being very upset and yes I do admit that through those emotions I said things I shouldn't have said and I posted things on social media I shouldn't have posted But I've always had my sisters back and I I didn't understand why she was using me to distract from her own mistakes. This was supposed to be my person, my best friend. I've fought for her her entire life. Anything she went through, I was there. And recently, I know why that happened. It's because I... I'm the scapegoat of my family. And if you are personally a scapegoat for yours, then you know how toxic and upsetting this can be. You know how terrible it makes you feel when you always got to be the bad guy, when you got to take the fall for everyone, when you're never, ever, ever going to be good enough when everybody can just dismiss you and easily believe that you're this this terrible person that you're not it's it's awful and so when I got into an argument argument with my mom a few months ago she vented to my sister 
we had just been talking for the past year and I was seeing my nieces and I guess her and her husband were looking for a reason to quit communicating with me again so they quickly took that and left my life again and I not that I wanted to be a part of her husband's life I respected him because he's the father of my nieces but this time I told her go go be free without me because I can't chase you anymore I don't I don't deserve to go through this and so this next part is titled dear sister it's to my sister it's very personal but also it's something that needs to be heard for other people that are going through this situation dear sister our life was never perfect we went through so much together the good times and the bad times the trauma and the cheerful things I was always so protective over you you were my baby sister and although you were only two years younger than me I felt it to be my job to protect you and that was my life mission from the start you are also the one that made me realize that eventually I would be a good mother because those maternal instincts I had were always there. From a young age, I found myself protecting you. When we were really small and dad would get drunk and beat his girlfriend, I would hide you with me. And even though I was terrified, I would cheer you up so you didn't know what was going on so you wouldn't be scared so you wouldn't be sad and so you wouldn't see dad in a different light and whether you ever did or not I wasn't ever really sure because by the time we got older dad got better and we loved him so much and then he was taken from us so early on in life but again, backtrack to when we were little. I remember when you started elementary school. You were so cute. And you were also so scared. So scared, in fact, that it was sad. And so we had our separate hallways. The bigger kids would sit in one hallway and the smaller kids would sit in another hallway. But I never sat in my hallway. I always took you to yours and sat there with you until they literally separated us. And I heard you screaming sissy down the halls. And I would cry. I've always been a huge empath and you know that I feel emotions on such a deep level. And you did too. And... Growing through all those little phases, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anyone else. We had so much fun. And of course, we had our, you know, little sister fights and whatever. 
but we always made up and we always made the best out of any situation we were in. And even though I was your older sister, when I was down and out and didn't feel like I could go on another day, you were also there to comfort me. As we got older, things get complicated, as they do between sisters. More friends are involved, eventually boys get involved, life gets busy. And you kind of go through that phase where your friends are maybe a little bit cooler than your sibling, but I still tried to include you in everything. And I never let anyone talk about you. I know you remember when we started middle school and it was like a thing on our bus. Only the bigger kids and the quote unquote cool kids. I was never cool in my opinion, but only the bigger and cool kids got to sit in the back of the bus. My friends wouldn't dare let a sixth grader come to the back of the bus or somebody they perceived as not being cool. Well, quite frankly, I didn't want their opinion on you because if it was bad, I was going to get suspended. (laughs) So I straight up told them, you're going to have to run through me if you say anything bad or nasty to my sister. She will sit back here every day and you will be nice to her. And that's the end of the story. And so you did. And often... You would get upset as you were trying to find your identity because you would say, well, people would come up to me and I was just known as Heather's little sister and all the guys liked you and I never had that. But see, that was at school. Home life was much different and you know this too. Through our family, you were the beautiful one you were the one that they all accepted you were the one that was validated when you were depressed I was just having a pity party and so my complex began at that age and yes I needed therapy terribly but I was a child I didn't know that and I was going through a ton of emotional abuse And I have been through physical abuse with being molested, and you know about that as well. And so, a little part of me envied you, because even though I had friends, and I had the boys, I would have traded that all in for my family to love and accept me. And I always thought you were the most beautiful woman in this entire world. You are my sister. You will always be my sister. And I will always see you that way. But I put my feelings to the side. And I never really talked too often about them. But I always protected you. And we got older. And dad died. And we made a bond. That nothing could ever tear us apart. And then we went into adulthood together. I had Caden and Kaylee and was married. You got married. We still had sleepovers. You were the best aunt in the world. And then I went through a divorce. And although it was questioned at first, 
Everybody came around and you were still there for me. It was a very scary time in my life and a very pivotal moment in my life. But you were there. And then I met somebody that I thought was the man of my dreams. Not too long after I got pregnant with Connor and Isaiah. I was so terrified. I contemplated abortion. I told you about this. I was I was so scared. But you were there. You made me feel like I could do this. And so I did it. I kept them. Which will always be the greatest decision that I've ever made. So thank you for giving me that strength. So you were very, very excited to have another two nephews because you already had a nephew and a niece and you were there anytime I needed you and when Connor and Isaiah were six months old I was left to be a single mother and not only was I left to be a single mother I was completely heartbroken myself and I had no clue how to be heartbroken and to also take care of my kids at the same time but you were right there and so the the nights that I couldn't handle sleeping alone with the kids because I couldn't sleep and I couldn't eat and I I couldn't really do anything you'd open your home up to me and make dinner for me and the kids and let us stay and I always tried to return that favor any, anything you needed, I was there. You know, when you were on your journey to try to get pregnant in your first marriage and you were going through different type of fertility treatments, I tried so hard to take your mind off things because I couldn't bear to see you hurt. I couldn't bear to see another tear come from you. And so I was always there if you needed me and we went through a lot of years and I got more comfortable being a single mother and the kids got bigger and you were the greatest aunt ever as I said and then one day five years down the road you decided that you weren't happy with the current life you had anymore and you left your ex-husband for your new one and you left your entire family and then somehow like the genius you are you made it my fault And I can't help but feel a level of betrayal that I've never felt in my life. Because I feel like everyone I ever loved left me. And you were the one person that was still there. And so for for years after this happened, I still picked myself apart what if I was better but you know no matter how much better I got no matter what I did no matter 
how many times I said I was sorry, no matter how many years went by, it was never good enough. And I always told you that's okay. We don't have to be close. I'm not entitled to that. And you do have your new husband now is not new. He's been around for a while and you have my nieces and I understand you have a new family and I know I'm not entitled to your time. And that was okay with me. Just knowing that I had you in my life again was good enough for me. So even if I couldn't physically be a part of your life, I was okay being there emotionally and mentally. And then a couple months ago, finding out that it was so easy for you to cut me off again over something that didn't pertain to you or your husband was the last straw. I love you with all my heart, sister. But I, nor any other human, deserve this. And I can't help but feel that you have been programmed also to make me as your scapegoat. And I don't accept that anymore. I'm better than that. And so I remind you that I've loved you beyond fault. As anyone that truly loves somebody should should do. Because that's what unconditional love is. But you haven't returned that to me. And all those times growing up when you would say that you wished you were an only child. Or you hated me. Or you couldn't stand my existence. It really does make me wonder if you always meant that. And you just used me as someone to be there when you weren't happy or when you needed somebody to fight for you or when you needed somebody to stand beside you. That's how it makes me feel. When it comes to your family, if they're good to you, you should draw boundaries for your family too, even if it comes to your husband or your wife or whoever. Especially when somebody has been so good to you. And I'm not trying to take anything from you. Because you were always good to me up until that point. And I'll never, ever, ever understand how it even got to this point. I mean, sometimes it just seems surreal. I had to grieve you like a, a death. Because I I no longer could talk to you or see you or anything. And even when we did start talking again, it was never the same. Because every time I'm around you, my defenses are up. I feel like I have to be defensive. Because I feel like you're judging me. And you didn't used to be like that. You didn't used to have that holier-than-thou attitude. And it, it just hurts. Because I know that I would never do this to you. But what I do want to get off my chest if you ever listen to this. Is that I love you. I'm here for you. And hopefully one day 
you'll see the damage that you've also done to other people. Because although you said that you're not responsible for hurting other people and that's their problem, from your older sister, this is the last bit of advice I give you. We are all responsible for our actions, and if we hurt somebody in the midst of those actions, we are responsible. I've had to learn that myself because I, you know, I'm far from perfect. I'm a recovering addict. I've had anger issues. I've not always done things right. There has been a lot of situations where I've had to swallow my pride and say I'm sorry or fess up to something stupid I did just to make things right. Not expecting anything in return, but just to make things right. And I hope eventually you can see what you need to be to make right and you can come back around. Until then, though, I love you and I love my nieces with all my heart. And I still pray for you every single night. And sometimes I walk outside and I look up at that sky and I wonder when it's late at night if you're ever up thinking about me looking at that same sky. Now, to my audience from the Uncensored Woman, I want you all to know that it is okay to release emotions and to admit that you are a victim of trauma or abuse or just straight up um, people being mean to you in your own family like you can still stand up for yourself as I've learned a lot the past couple of years blood is always thicker than water and family doesn't always come first if they don't want to treat you right You are allowed to cut off anything that is toxic in your life. We only have this one life and we have no do-overs. Don't waste it chasing people that don't want anything to do with you. Release it and then live your own life. Be happy and don't take advantage of it. I've been through some rough-ass shit in my life. But I will tell you that every storm runs out of rain, as cliche as that sounds, and you will be okay, just like I will be okay. This episode was very hard for me to record because it is super, super personal. As I guess you all know, listening to it, it's personal. It's embarrassing. It's not something I want to talk about. Oh, trust me. There's going to be people that hear this that somehow twist this all into my fault. I know this. I knew this and thought about this before I ever even put this episode up. 
But at the end of the day, I have a voice as well, and I'm allowed to speak too. And I know so many other people go through the same shit as me, but they're too afraid to speak. And so I'm speaking for all of us. But with all that being said, you guys, I know this episode was really deep. And if you listened through, I thank you so much. I hope you guys have a a good rest of your week. And I'll talk to you again when I talk to you. Bye.